I'm sure you've heard the highlights of the budget. Essentially, what we're talking about here is a whole lot of money. Record spending comes with a record deficit predicted at $354 billion for the year that just ended and $154 billion for next year. The centerpiece and the focus is $10 a day childcare within five years. The price tag on that, another $30 billion. So uh, it's going to be a, a lot of money spent. $18 billion for Indigenous communities. $17.6 billion on the green recovery. Uh, so lots of things that people were expecting. Um, not a lot in terms of revenue generation. That was left pretty much as it is for this year. So spending way up. Uh, and at this point anyway, at this point anyway, not a lot of plans in terms of how to get any of that money back. But uh, the deficit does drop slowly but surely down to $31 billion in 2025 2026. So, as I said, we're going to chat with uh, the mayors of Calgary and Edmonton now and get their take on this. So, uh, let me see if I can figure out how to work these phones. Uh, okay, let's start with uh, Mayor Don Ivison, Edmonton. Mayor Ivison, are you there? Hey, Jay, how you doing? Good, how are you? All right. Uh, I'm gonna... Congrats on the new show, by the way. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm going to see if I can bring... Oh, we don't have Mayor Nahadnenshi yet. So we're going to start with just you, Mayor Iveson, and that's fine. Uh, because I know you had... First of all, I, before we get into the budget discussion, I hear you almost got run over by one of those kids on a scooter, hey? <laughs> Not one. It was the whole school of fish <laughs> that was passing me with my... And, and I was with my family and our dog. And so having this group of people <laughs> passing us on both sides at full speed on a narrow sidewalk was, was not great. No, it was... I, you dodged it. Was not it, wonderful. Well. But in in other civic news, I don't know. Have you seen the draft designs for the? And I know this is this is close to your heart. The 50th Street train crossing. I I, I don't want to see draft designs, Mayor. With all due respect, I want to see a bridge. I didn't even look at the draft designs. Uh, but I am delighted to hear that this project is still going ahead. I'm, I've taken the approach that I'll believe it when I see it. Fair um, enough. Well, well, you can see renderings of what it will look like, and then uh, construction will begin. Uh, uh, as soon as the public engagement uh, on the design is finished, which we want to do quickly because I want the same thing you want, which is smoother flow of goods and and people in that important uh, economic heart of our city. Yeah, it it is so important, and I'm just tickled to death that it's happening. Um, Okay, Uh, Mayor Nenshi is available to join us now. Hi, Hi, Mayor Nenshi, are you there? Hello, I'm glad we made it through. Excellent. I we, think Don just, want, Don just wanted to monopolize the time. So. Well, you know, we, we had important things to discuss. If you had any idea what that train does to the commute in Edmonton, Marinenshi, you'd be right on board with us, I, I'm telling you. I know a lot about this train <laughs> overpass. Uh, Mayor Iverson has told me about it for many, many years. Uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us this morning. I really appreciate it. Why don't we just um, sort of do this uh, one at a time, just giving us our general take on what we saw. We'll start with you, Mayor Nenshi. In terms of the document uh, as a whole, um, what kind of a grade would you give it? What do you like? What do you not like? Well, you know, by and large, as a national document, I think it talks about a lot of the right things in terms of supporting businesses and individuals through this pandemic. Uh, continuing business supports, uh, continuing the individual supports. There are some things in it broadly that I find challenging. So, for example, if I had money to give for seniors support, I would focus on low-income seniors uh, rather than on $500 for every senior, things like that. Mm -hmm. But the biggest uh, issue for me, and and Don will talk a lot about some of the stuff that cities are looking for, and I'll save him that in terms of infrastructure and housing and transit, But for me, the biggest thing here was what I've been really calling for is what I call asymmetric investments. Alberta 
contributes uh, outsized to our population to the Federation. And we're in a point right now where we actually need outsized investments. And so here in Calgary, I was looking for some specific capital investments for Calgary, as well as a focus on Calgary's downtown and Calgary's economic recovery. And we didn't really see that. So Alberta cities are just going to have to compete for the national programs again, uh, where we tend to fall short. You know, on the Rapid Housing Initiative, which is something that Don and I basically designed for the federal government, you know, Calgary has 8% of Canada's homeless population, and we ended up with 2% of the funding, uh, which is frustrating because I really believe that a relatively modest investment in housing from the feds would actually help us end chronic homelessness in Calgary and Edmonton because we have so much vacancy and so many hotels uh, that we could convert. Uh, but that's not what we got in this budget. And I know, Mayor Iveson, that was also an issue for you in terms of the federal housing. And, and as uh, Mayor Nenshi says, that has been uh, something that you championed for a long time, and you were a little disappointed in what, what you saw yesterday. Well, I, I should start by saying there's some things that I do really like, and then we can talk about housing in a minute. But to your previous question, you know, the child care investments are massive, and we can't have a recovery for families, and particularly for women, without child care. So that's a huge move. And it's one of those systemic interventions that will mean families are in a better position, will reduce poverty, will reduce the flow of people in precarious housing uh, and marginalized circumstances, and reduce the need for things like affordable housing down the road. Um, Some of the other economic development things that I hope we'll talk about in a minute are really positive related to hydrogen and innovation, uh, the transit and infrastructure uh, dollars uh, that were previously announced but Mm -hmm. are confirmed in this budget are huge. But on on the housing, um, you know, we had, uh, uh, and the federal government's moved immensely on this. I mean, they now have a 70, probably $75 billion um, uh, approaching national housing strategy, which is $75 billion more for housing than we had five years ago. And the mayors have been relentless on this because we see the need, we see uh, the heartbreaking reality for people experiencing homelessness in our communities, and we see the, the toll it takes on Main Street and businesses, and we see the cost that it drives, not just for policing for us, but, you know, 10x for justice and probably 100x for health care on the provincial side. So, you know, there is a cost-effective solution here, which is housing people, and we've talked about this many many times. So we welcome the, you know, there's another billion and a half for this rapid housing initiative. Uh, we had asked for seven billion to sort of once and for all meet the need and create jobs in the process of either building or renovating uh, units or hotel units uh, uh, to meet that need. So uh, we welcome additional investment. It's not quite to the scale of transformation that will be needed to rapidly end homelessness, but the federal government has reiterated its commitment to ending chronic homelessness, a goal the mayors across the country share and are interested in delivering as soon as possible. So we'll continue to advocate for more investment there and try to leverage the dollars as much as we can. Um, help me understand this, because Mayor Iveson, you're saying there's some really good things for the energy sector in Alberta. Mayor Nenshi, in some of your comments, you're saying there's not enough for the energy sector in Alberta, and Alberta was largely overlooked. Can both of those things be true? What are we talking about here? Is it, is it um, you know, north-south, or is it just a, a different take on what we saw in the document? No, I think that there is uh, there's opportunity in there. Let's put it that way. There's real opportunity in there. But in order to capitalize on that opportunity, the province is going to have to be at the table. Um, because, you know, our province, uh, provincial government, has an aversion to anything with the word green in it. So there's a lot of money in the budget that is uh, for, quote-unquote, green jobs. 
But those jobs could be jobs in carbon capture and storage. Mm -hmm. They could be jobs in orphan well recovery. And But the province is going to have to be part of that conversation, not just crossing their arms and saying, we don't like uh, what the feds are doing. And that's something that I think Albertans deserve from this provincial government is to not leave money on the table as they consistently have been doing. Yeah, Mayor Iverson, do you agree? I mean, it, certainly there is uh, money available for this sector, but uh, as Mayor Nancy says, it's going to take the province's cooperation. Well, we've both, uh, Nahid and I, sat on the Western Economic Solutions Task Force of the Federation of Canadian Municipalities, which is rural and urban leaders from across the prairies and northern B.C., uh, who, who are making the case that this part of the country needs disproportionate investment. You know, we've already had some wins, like the significant investment in orphan wells, um, uh, that is a, a proven job creator uh, for people who have skills in the industry today. I think, you know, we need to see more of that, and, and uh, the provincial government needs to be a part of that, too. I'd agree with that point. I think, um, you know, we've seen also some some specific investments to the new Prairies Regional Economic Development Agency that we haven't seen mm-hmm. all the specifics yet, but, you know, I'm hoping that we'll see some boosts uh, for the biomed economy here. Uh, there's specific money for the Artificial Intelligence uh, Center here in Edmonton. So there are some investments in the new and emerging economy. Um, and uh, and then I think for me, on uh, in terms of the energy business uh, and clean tech, and I think we can have a both and here, uh, you know, the tax credit for carbon utilization storage and the support for the hydrogen economy could mean tens of billions of dollars of investment in clean fuels. Um, we've looked at a $100 billion a year export potential for hydrogen produced here using carbon capture utilization and storage um, that would uh, be low carbon and ultimately no carbon blue hydrogen derived from natural gas. So that gives lifeblood for our existing natural gas products to be relevant in the energy transition and a zero carbon future using carbon capture utilization and storage. And the best part is that all of that technology and all of the jobs around it are are really not that different than the traditional energy and pet chem economy that we've been in. So I think it's actually the smart pivot to be relevant and attract that ESG-minded investment. And so I think this is going to unlock huge potential and relevance. And if all orders of government work together, I think we can get a good news story for the relevance of Canada's energy products and this region's prosperity going into the future in a way that's aligned with that net zero by 2050 goal. So I think there's a both and here. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. 
if we get it right. Um, Mayor Iveson, you're speaking not only as Mayor of Edmonton, but also as um, Chair of the Federation of Canadian Municipalities Big Mayors, uh, Big City Mayors Caucus. So uh, I think one of the issues I want to get both of your takes on is transit, and I know that's an issue for basically every Canadian municipality. Um, there was a mention of transit in there. I know some good news for the Green Line in Calgary. Um, uh, let's start with you, uh, Mayor Nenshi. Uh, transit, uh, a constant bugaboo when it comes to getting the province to work with the feds, to work with municipalities, uh, getting everybody on the same page. Do we take a step forward in that direction with this? Uh, yes, very much so. Um, so we, uh, you know, before every budget, people ask me, what are your interests? And I could just be on auto repeat, which is it's always transit, housing, and infrastructure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and in transit, we've been pushing for many years for a permanent ongoing source of funding for transit from the federal government. I mean, we've talked about this when Paul Martin was prime minister. And so we finally have it. And that's exactly what we've been asking for. And for Calgarians, what that means is, well, the Green Line is already funded. We just have to get through some hoops with the province here, which I hope we'll finally finish soon. Uh, they're adding a lot of red tape to this discussion. But um, the Green Line Phase 1 is fully funded, but as soon as Phase 1 comes to completion in around 2025-2026, this permanent annual funding will kick in. And what that will allow a future City Council to do in Calgary is they'll be able to just continue building the Green Line station by station, going north um, all the way past Stony Trail and going south past uh, the hospital in Seton. Uh, and that's a very, very good thing. We will use the specialized funding up front to build the really complicated part through the downtown, and then we can use the permanent funding to just continue that program until it's done. And Mayor Iveson, of course, transit is uh, another big issue with a number of major projects on the table in Edmonton. Uh, Are you pleased with what you saw on that file? Yeah, uh, there are a few more details that have emerged in the budget, but uh, based on the announcement back in February, um, you know, we have a shovel-ready project with existing funds ready to go with the south extension from Century Park to Ellerslie Road, um, and that's an important billion-dollar job creator program that's shovel-ready for 2022, and uh, so we're getting close, I hope, to being able to announce that, but now with this ongoing commitment, we can actually look at that project not as ending at that park and ride, but carrying on to the hospital construction site one stop south and another two stops to Heritage Valley Town Center and start to think about taking it down towards the airport and also extending the line from from Blatchford northwest towards Castle Downs and out to St. Albert. And so now we have line of sight to thinking about the build out of light rail as the backbone of the regional transportation system, which is at the heart of our city plan and the heart of our regional growth plan. Uh, and so it's really exciting uh, to be able to think that far out and think about uh, the relevance of rapid transit uh, to more Edmontonians and more neighbours in the region too as we build the Regional Transit Commission uh, uh, up together. And there's uh, one other dimension to this which is really positive too. There's uh, additional resources to help support municipalities um, adopting uh, uh, low carbon and low emissions and ultimately zero emissions transit technology. So So uh, we took advantage of uh, some of those uh, this week at Council with the approval of some uh, borrowing uh, that is uh, supported and backed, very low interest borrowing from the federal government, so that we can finance the more expensive electric buses, which are way cheaper to run over time and have way lower emissions profiles, and and then bring those savings forward, just like people who are buying electric cars, it costs a little more up front to buy, but... 
paid themselves back within a few years. You know, there's financing and grants to support rapid acceleration of zero emission vehicles, and there are con- two different Canadian manufacturers uh, working on uh, on this, Nova and New Flyer, and so those can be Canadian jobs potentially supporting um, the adoption of that new technology by more Canadian cities. So, uh, and there's also the potential to look at things like uh, hydrogen fuel retrofits for existing uh, diesel engines within our fleets. Uh, so green fleets is a big part of this too, uh, but ultimately the big dollars will support those rapid transit investments uh, that uh, that cities need to be competitive mm-hmm. and to give people more options to the car. Okay, last one before I let you guys go. Um uh, both of you and the councils that you lead have talked a lot about doing um, more or the same with less uh, and, and uh, really facing some, some revenue shortages and really trying to come up with some creative budgeting schemes here. This doesn't seem overly creative. This just seems running up the deficit. Are you guys at all concerned with the amount of money and the deficits that are being racked up with this plan? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I'm a real dead hawk despite what... Uh some people may say on social media, we reduced the city's debt by half a billion dollars uh, over the time that I've been the mayor. And so I do worry. I worry when debt-to-GDP ratio goes above 50%, and this is going to touch 51% mm-hmm. before coming down to 49 Um The long-term projections to a $30 billion deficit in, I think, 2025, they're okay. I'd like to see that a bit more aggressive post-pandemic. They're relying a lot on economic growth here. Yep. If they're going to do that, though, they have to actually invest in the economic growth to make it happen. So long story short, it's a pandemic. I can't be too critical. The federal government's job is to really send out money for other people to run programs. And here in Calgary, we've actually uh, really cut our expenses a lot this year. We just revealed our final year-end uh, surplus uh, for last year. So we've been doing that job on doing more with less. It's harder for the federal government, but ultimately they have to be able to get these debt-to-GDP ratios and keep them manageable. Mayor Iveson? Well, I, I would agree uh, that, that the ratio is important and also mindful of both inflation and interest rate risk uh, because a structural deficit coming out of this, if rates rise dramatically, would be crippling um, both to federal coffers and, and to the economy. So I think that there's a, a lot of... Uh, careful scrutiny required there. Uh, but I do think that the appropriate order of government is undertaking the borrowing on behalf of Canadians. You know, we're, we're a good yes. bet out there in the world. And so at 0.7% right now to float the, the rebound and recovery uh, and, and bounce back of this country, I think it's the right move to be investing in stimulus uh, and enabling that strong economic recovery, which we're going to need so that we can pay these bills back. Uh, but it's got to get under control quickly, absolutely. And, and I would say that the reason it's important the federal government make these interventions is because cities have uh, very limited capacity and, in fact, can't take yeah. operating deficits or build structural deficits, which I support. So both NIHED and I and mayors across the country have had to do quite a bit of work to balance our budgets in spite of lower revenues from things like transit boxes and closed rec centers. Uh, and yet, you know, we've balanced our budgets uh, 
uh, this year and supported business, uh, frozen taxes for business for two years in a row and delivered to zero for residential. Actually, it's a reduction in business taxes to offset an increase on the provincial education tax. So, you know, it nets out to zero for uh, homeowners and businesses in Edmonton, plus specific aid to reduce fees. So we're doing our part while balancing our budgets because we can't run deficits. The order of government that we uh, want to uh, uh, to invest counter-cyclically to bounce back has to be the federal government primarily. And so I think they're in their lane in doing that. Uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. A lot of our listeners want to know, uh, anybody have any plans they want to announce? We both know you're not running for re-election this fall. Anybody want to break some news here this morning? Oh, we, we already did that on a joint interview last week. Uh, Don and I will be starting the new Alberta Roller Derby League <laughs> and captaining the teams in Edmonton and Calgary. Oh, I missed that. I missed that. That'll be fun, though. Yeah, and I'm nominating uh, Nahid okay. for... I'm nominating Nahid for Governor General. I think there's an opening. So. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. I know you're busy. Uh, thank you for weighing in this morning. Pleasure. Thanks so much, Shane. Congratulations on the new show. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate uh, That is Mayor Nahid Nenshi in Calgary and Mayor Don Iveson in Edmonton weighing in with their take on what we saw in the federal budget yesterday.